Emmy Award-winning John Mulaney presents Everybody's in L.A., a special run of six live episodes created by and starring Mulaney that'll stream live on Netflix during the Netflix is a Joke Fest. The comically unconventional show will feature special guests where John Mulaney explores the city of Los Angeles during a week when every funny person is in it. Watch John Mulaney Presents Everybody's in L.A., debuting May 3rd live at 7 p.m. Pacific Time, only on Netflix. If scary movies give you dread, keep you up late night in bed, here's a podcast that will help you ease your mind. We'll explain the plot real nicely, then we'll talk about what's frightening so you never have to have a spooky time. It's ruined. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Ruin. My name is Hallie. And my name is Allison. And this is our podcast. We ruin a horror movie just for you. Just for your tiny little ears. Allison, how are you doing? I'm good. I don't think I've talked about this on the podcast, but um, I bought a commercial-grade jewelry cleaner. <laughs> you sure haven't. <laughs> it's been Instagram advertised to me um, wow. every day for months. And finally— It worked. It worked. It's just like— it's this like little microsonic bath that you put your wow. jewelry in. Here's what sold me because I kept seeing the ad and like obviously like I love a cleaning product like infomercial. Mm-hmm. I love like seeing something dirty be cleaned. Um, I was like, I don't know, like how often do I clean my jewelry? It just doesn't seem like it yeah. seems like stupid for like the price or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then I saw a real on Instagram, which I'm sure also got served to me algorithmically because of this. We have to assume. We have to assume. Um, And it was this, like, woman, I forget where she was living, but um, somewhere in Asia, and it was, like, her process of coming home every day, and, like, obviously everything was very high-tech in her apartment and, like, uber clean, and she put her glasses in it. And I was like, oh, my God. Oh, Because, like, cleaning your lenses, you're just pushing gunk into the crevice between the lens and the frame. Yes, the first time I used it, I was I was like, oh, oh, gross. I can't believe I've been wearing my glasses. Wow. So now I like I just I just cleaned them before we did the podcast, which is why I brought it up. They and look I feel great. like they're so sparkly and like I can see so clearly. <laughs> I mean, it's still too weak a prescription for me right now, but that I can makes at least you see clearly. go to New York and bring my glasses and specifically to use it. I've had people come over and be like, I wore all of my jewelry here so I can use oh this. Oh my God. This is I mean, very on brand, let me just say. Yes, of course. Second of all, yeah, I guess that is the problem with the algorithm. It's like it it's insidious, but it is right. Yes. It gives to you the, the things that your heart desires that you didn't even know existed. I didn't know that this was a thing I could get or that I would right. need it in my life so desperately. I am it is it brings me so much joy. I guess the horror movie version is you become obsessed. Things become yes. too clean. Yes. And then what, what's dirty in your life, Allison, that needs to be cleaned? And then, you know, sort of are you putting a My person in or, it? Yeah, right. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that's like kind of an exciting uh, development over here. What's new with you? <laughs> you know, I'll see you. Not, it does, I think it has to be spooky, but... I am uh, flying for work tomorrow, and uh, my work, I'm having to—now I'm, I'm going to start traveling quite a bit. And, you know, I, I'm much Mm-mm. more comfortable with flying than I was when I was in my 20s. I was terrified of it. And I still—it's it, fine. I'm able to fly. Mm-hmm. But I definitely have a thing where I cannot go to sleep on an airplane very much because if there is some sort of turbulence, my mind will wake up into a yes. screaming mm-hmm. nightmare of, uh, of imagining what is happening to the plane. And even if it's just a moment and then I'm awake and everything's fine, mm-hmm. the beverage cart's going by, yeah. in that moment, 
it's just the worst. So I'm excited to travel, excited to go see this great country of ours after all these years. Wish there was some sort of um, system where I could be placed into homeostasis mm-hmm. for five hours and then wake up when they're when we're landing. That's yes. what I would like. I would love. I would also love that. That's. I feel like I'm having a harder time flying the older I get. When I was in my 20s, I had no problem flying, and now like. I have to fly in like two weeks, and I'm just like, ugh, I don't know. Do I is really- it an awareness of your mortality? Like, are you more aware of death, or is it just sort of like I gotta I think, do something? I think so. I, I I definitely I think so. And also, like, you know, we just took like two years off of like I didn't yeah. fly from like you know December 2019 to like June of 2021 or whatever, mm-hmm. and I was just like, that's a long time to not like I it Absolutely. made me more anxious. I guess I don't know. Yeah, Everything I, sucks. <laughs> yeah, I definitely, I think it's like I really take a lot of um, comfort in sort of like, ah, oh, the statistics of plane crashes. Like, it's statistically so unlikely. Mm-hmm. But then I always think of it, I probably brought this up on the podcast because I constantly think about this, is okay. um, that pilot that intentionally took down the plane when they were flying over the Alps. Yes. And it turns out like he was losing his eyesight and uh, presumably his grip on reality. Yeah, I would think so. Um, and and he he just took the plane down and managed to trap his co-pilot, you know, when he was going to the bathroom out of the ca- um, cockpit. And boy, what are you going to do about that? You know, it's like, if that's the way it is, right? there is nothing you can that, do as a pastor. And I, that makes me uncomfortable to think about. I mean, that's also very statistically unlikely to happen. Very. But I, I, under, like, I would say it's more likely that a plane will malfunction than that will happen. Yes. But yes, both being in play, not ideal. And if the plane is malfunctioning, it's going down, I will still in my head be like, well, at least it's not the pilot doing it. I'll take a lot of comfort in that in my the two minutes yeah. or however long um, it's going to take for it to crash. Oh anyway, sorry, even. guys. Cool. I hope you have a good podcast. flight tomorrow. <laughs> um, well, this is why I love horror movies is because the horror isn't real. And yes. this week's movie oh, is a great example first, of that. Yes. We would like to read another incredible spooky review because you guys continue leaving these because we've been begging you to. And... Uh, <laughs> This one is is great. It was left by Vin O'Hara, and it's titled Voices in the Dark. Ooh. Ready? Love it. It was dark. Thunder, perhaps, having woken me. Faintly, I heard a feminine voice. Allison had asked, who will survive? It was a cruel game. None would survive. In the darkness, with the lash oh. of rain outside, hammering home the phantom de- voice's delight, one innocent soul after another would be snuffed out. She gave no quarter. She spared no grisly detail until the last of her playthings gurgled their last. Another voice now joined her, and together, the specters intoned three fateful words. Keep it spooky. Absolutely incredible. Oh, outrageous. Incredible Chills up my spine. Yes. I won't be sleeping on the plane nope. or otherwise. Nope, nope. Thank you so much. Thank you, Vin O'Hara. Um, and everybody Absolutely who's been leaving them... If you haven't yet and you have a spooky uh, review to leave us alongside your five-star rating on Apple Podcasts, we would absolutely love that. It so, means so much to us. It and really does. we will read it eventually. And um, we are going to continue as we have decided to. And we're going to do another month of found footage films mm-hmm. because— this is our podcast, so no one's here to tell us that we can't do that. Also, why would they? They're still our movies. Why no. would they argue? Stop arguing with us. It's Rules a great be idea. damned. Um, and we are doing a film that had been as much requested, so thank you so much for everyone who emailed in. Yes. It is 2014's As Above, So Below, <sighs> um, which is written and directed by John Eric Dowdle. And 
I will say that I had heard of this film. It's one of those, like, I, I should watch it, and then I mm. end up watching, like, mm-hmm. Scream 4 again. Sure, sure, sure. You know, I oh, apparently uh, the director created the miniseries Waco, which I did not see that. But oh, um, I wanted to watch that. Um, also directed Quarantine, which we did Quarantine early oh. on. Mm-hmm. And as well as a, a great film called Devil about a eve, a spooky situation in a very naughty elevator. Ooh, so we'll definitely have to do that at some a naughty point. naughty elevator? Well, the elevator itself, oh. well, it is, it is, well, listen, you'll have to, we'll have to do it. I don't, we'll have to do it, What's the point of yeah. a spoiler now? We'll, we'll do it the full <laughs> Quick, episode. Quick, ruin that movie for me before we ruin another movie for the episode. <laughs> um, yeah, just like a lightning round of ruining things. <laughs> I mean. So, I will say that what I really enjoyed about As Above, So Below, and I'm just going to say this up top because it's, I'm watching it. And, mm-hmm. you know, well, I, that's not, I, I'll, we'll, we'll go through the, the, the steps and then I'll, re, a final reveal because it's so exciting. So, um, Allison, we always like to have Allison watch the mm-hmm. trailer. Allison, what are your thoughts having watched the As Above, So Below trailer? I mean, very into this because it did give me, at least in the first, like, 20 seconds, Da Vinci Code vibes. And controversially, Absolutely. I love those books. Whoa! <laughs> Whoa, how did I not know this? Um, I love a short chapter. I love some really manipulative, wow. like, quick writing. I just, like, I like a treasure hunt. I like, in the way that I like a thriller, mm-hmm. you know? I Absolutely. feel like, I'm like, look, do I think it's a good book? No. Did I read it and love it? Yes. Um, yeah, and that shouldn't be the standard for books because it's certainly not the standard for our films. Yes, um, right. And But I, I say absolutely that is my take on this movie is that it's um, Indiana Jones- but yes. horror. So it's yes. absolutely an it's an adventure. It, mm-hmm. We have a, a, mm-hmm. a an archaeologist. It mm-hmm. is you know sort of that like action adventure horror, which I don't think we've done even yeah. with the more physical ones like The Descent. That's like a full was, horror. Yeah. You know, this yeah, is like a fun. True. You know, we're we're looking for a um a, a MacGuffin. We're looking for a hidden object that's yes. going to explain yes. everything. Um, and in keeping with, uh, of course, the show uh, that you're listening to, we also like to take a baseline scary. Mm-hmm. Allison, how mm-hmm. scary do you find being stuck in the catacombs beneath Paris? <sighs> I mean, look, I I studied abroad in Paris, so I'm a big fan of that city. I love okay, Paris. Great. It's very unique for a white lady. Um, <laughs> but didn't go underground much there at all, except for the metro, so not really... <laughs> But, like, I, yeah, I, I don't know. The catacombs are very scary. Anything that's, like, historical is scary. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Um, yes, I, I think so because, and this movie draws a lot from that. It seems like if something happened long enough ago, I'm like, I don't know, maybe the rules were different. Like, maybe a bunch of crazy stuff could have happened. Like, now I feel confident. I have a, a good grasp of what is possible with regards mm-hmm. to reality. And But it's, like, 700 years ago. I don't know what they were up to. Goes, yeah. bulls, what have you. And, like, in, you can't, like, disprove that something didn't happen in the past. You know what I mean? Where it's, like, well, they say this happened. And it's, like, well, I wasn't there. So I can't say, like, <laughs> it did or it didn't. And that's terrifying because it might have. That reminds you know? me. There's, like, an image of, uh, it's, like, the medieval man's mind. And it's, like, a drawing. Oh, yeah, here it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, that somebody made. And we'll post it um, on, yeah, the mind of a medieval man. 
posted oh. by Branson Reese on Twitter. So I'm assuming it, it Branson, it's a Branson original. And it's just a, medieval, a picture of what I, he imagines a medieval person to be. And it's just the thoughts. And here are the thoughts uh-huh. of the medieval man's brain. Dogs are okay. bears. Uh-huh. <laughs> the moon is God's wife. <laughs> um, sex is when you drown in the river. <laughs> I'm eight. <laughs> and of course, I saw my father explode. And that is my understanding of people who lived in the past. Like that is like the moon is God's wife, and and from there, who's to say what is the real and what's not? The moon is God's wife. That's so funny. Yeah. So I, I that's definitely how I feel about it. it. Sure, seems like a lot of history was like that. Yeah. And um, well, now I'll reveal the exciting thing about it, Allison. Okay. So I'm looking. The it's a very um. This film, if you watch the trailer, which we encourage you to do before we ruin the movie, um, incredible sets. You know, when we were watching found footage, yeah. the, the, as we've discussed many a time, the benefit of found mm-hmm. footage film is you can do it on a low budge. You get use what's dirty. around. You just need a, a camera strapped to your head. Allison, they shot this fucking movie in the actual catacombs of <gasps> Paris with permission from, of course, like the French authorities, the film, you know, whatever their film department is over I- there. Would not want to do that. <laughs> I know. And according to Wikipedia, uh, the catacombs were difficult, as you can imagine, for the cast oh, really? and the crew, as there was no electricity or cell phone <gasps> service in the no, centuries no, 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 old no, no, no. tunnels. You, you are tempting fate by actually going into the catacombs to try and shoot this movie. And the male lead of this film is Ben Feldman, who I know from best from um, Superstore. Very yeah. funny. Excellent He's comedic great. actor and very funny in this movie. And apparently, according to Wikipedia, had such bad claustrophobia. He kept having taking oh. taking breaks to cope. I don't know how this motherfucker got through this film. I, I feel claustrophobic I mean, watching wa- it. Watching the trailer, I started having like a tiny low-level panic attack um, of, from the claustrophobia of it all. Yeah. So um, I would say incredible. I mean, obviously there's scenes where like they had to build it out for the film. Of course. But like course, so much of it, like, because I'm watching, I'm like, where do they get so many skeletons? Like, where do they get <gasps> so many compelling tunnels? And they're shooting the actual tunnels that you can go into in the catacombs and then I'm sure building out sets for yeah, yeah, the yeah, more for elaborate sure. stuff. Um, but yeah, I, when I saw that, I was, I was g- a gooped, gagged, and befrizzled at how exciting... <laughs> It was to know that it was shot on location in perhaps That's the most terrifying thing I could place I could imagine shooting a film. Yeah, I agree. So, Allison, based solely on the information I have provided with and from watching the trailer, we of course have to ask the question: Would you like to guess the twist? Guess the twist. I'm gonna guess that maybe they all like none of this is happening, and they've all mm-hmm. they've hallucinated it. Because Great. they've all, like, passed out from lack of oxygen, like, early on in their exploration. I like that a lot. That's, that's, that to me is also, like, That's what that I want it to be, because it looks very scary, and I want it to not be real. Yeah. I want to have a, a coherent, rational explanation, and luckily this movie does not give you one. Oh, so let good, us begin. Good, good, good. <clears throat> we meet archaeologist Scarlett who was an actress Perdita Weeks, and she's like a stunning redhead with a British accent. So it's like, that's who you want to be the Indiana Jones. You know what I mean? You, if it's mm-hmm. me, I'm just mm-hmm. screaming and falling down. You know what I mean? I'm just, I, yeah, I have my head in a mess. rock and I'm dying in a cave. You yeah, want someone who is composed, elegant, an adventurer. And we meet her. A leader. 
a leader. And Not us. <laughs> no, no, I'm the last person. And also, you'd have to leave me because a lot of the scenes in the movie, I would not physically be able to do. And I'm very, I'm yeah. going to be very upfront about those scenes when we get to them. Mm-hmm. So Great. Scarlett, she's being jostled around on the back of a chicken-filled bus into Iran. And I will say the depiction of Iran, to, Iran is perhaps with a Western eye, if you will. <laughs> like, I'm like, yes, okay, yes. we get it. And Already like, what you've said feels yes. very uh, reductive. <laughs> And there's a there's an old lady kind of turning it like glaring at Scarlet on the bus. Oh God! And she tells so she's recording her on her own camera that she is racing to a system of caves that is scheduled to be demolished. And she tells the camera, "I believe they contain a critical missing piece of our history, Indiana Jones. It's happening. We Love are it. it's a race Love against it. the clock." Love it. And uh, she's recording. It says, if I'm found dead, please know that I enter the country of my own free will, fully knowing that the punishment for trespassing here is to be buried up to your neck in sand and having a rock wall push on top of you. But they have to catch you first. Who is that video for? Like, if that were to happen, you're found dead. They're going to watch this video and be like, oh, well, she entered her own free will. So, I, you know, oh, she wanted. Okay. Like, what? Okay. Like, Hoops is supposed Who? to find this. Yeah. And what and then solace what? are they going to take? Exactly. And yeah. then what? Yes. Then what? So we see her and Scarlet's walking through like a very, you know, prototypical Middle Eastern market of the films. Mm -hmm. And she makes it to a home of her friend and uh, colleague Reza. And he tells her again, if they find you here, it will be very bad for you. Who? Where will they find her? What's going on? What? How did she? Okay. Yeah, sure. Whatever. Reza and a friend move a table and they both enter a hole that's sort of dug in the wall and Mm -hmm. they are... In now in a system of caves. So they've been able to gain access to the caves themselves. There's red lights, an alarm, and an announcement that is not translated, but I have to assume is, we're about to blow up the tunnels. Everyone get out of the tunnels, and there's a guard walking around in a flashlight, presumably to clear the, the caves. Uh-huh. And uh, we don't know why they're being detonated. We don't know what the— uh, We're building a dam? What? I have no idea. And we simply won't know. And Reza's like, uh, we really got to get out of here. It's too late. You got here too late. We, we can't find it. And Scarlett says, I, we still have a few minutes. Minutes? Girl, get an earlier flight. Get like, what out do you mean? There. So they run up and there's sort of like carvings etched into the wall. And Scarlett it starts smashing through the wall. And she, it, again, she rips off, she's wearing a hijab, you know, to, mm. to blend in, rips off her hijab and yells, I can't think straight with this thing on my head. Okay, okay. all right. Okay. okay, I don't think it works that way. No. And I was like, oh, is it, you couldn't think straight. That's why you didn't book an earlier flight? Okay. Yeah. So then and if finally, I see her in a hat later, I'm going to be angry. You know, it's like. Oh, no, luckily, no hats. Okay, great. <laughs> So uh, she then, she's she's smashing this wall, and I'm thinking, oh, she's going to pull the the a tablet out. But she smashes through the rock wall entirely and crawls through, and there's, a tu- uh, like, a tunnel, and inside they find a beautiful, gigantic statue of a bull. I guess it's, okay. like, carved out of onyx or something, and it's sure. got writing all over it. And Scarlet declares, it's the rose key. And Rez is like, the caves are going to blow. Yeah, who cares, bitch? Get out of there. And Scarlett says, my father searched his whole life for this. We can't leave now. And Reza says, I'm sorry, I have a family. And he books it out of the tunnel, which is their, I think you got to do it. And Scarlett's trying to film the entirety of the statue to try to get all of the, because she can't, they can't carry it out. It's too big. But if they can get the text on the statue, she could then translate it later. Sure. She gets it all out and she starts running out of the little, uh, you know, enclave where the statue is. And she Mm -hmm. hears someone call her name. Allison, when she turns, she sees a man facing away from her, hanging from a noose, 
and he slowly turns to look at her, and the fucking cave explodes. Like, the, ca- the detonation has begun, and behind her, the cave is collapsing. Scarlet is running, screaming for Reza, horrifying shit. Like, Ooh. video is cutting out, like, you know. And finally, Reza calls her, and she sees the light, you know, of the opening, and he pulls her back into the house. And she's she just barely survives, but she has it. Footage of the rose key. And she's okay. sort of, like, wow. giddy and, like, worth laughing. It. Exactly. Well worth it. And Reza says, you remind me of your father, but you must be more careful. His quest was a path to madness. And Scarlet says, my father wasn't crazy. And Reza tells her, anyone who hunts for Flamel's stone is crazy. They all end up dead. Title card, as above, so below. Oh, I love it. And so sometimes later, we see Scarlet. She looks great. She's cleaned up. Well, so weeks later, we're presumably, she's talking with her cameraman, Benji, who she has uh, enlisted in her recording of a documentary for what, mm-hmm. you know, what she's about to lay out. Her name is Scarlett Marlowe. She's a professor at, universe, at University College London. She speaks four languages and then two dead languages, and she's a black belt in Krav Maga. Again, she's Indiana Jones. Okay, great. Scarlett tells us, you know, that her father taught her about the Philosopher's Stone, which she describes as elusive substance that can turn base metals into gold. And it's funny you brought up your uh, your jewelry cleaning um, mechanism. <laughs> that is odd. Because I was like, oh, who cares? But I guess if you eat it immediately, you got a business going, you can make gold, you got to clean it, you can sell it. And it yeah. also, she's like, oh, it turns base metals into gold. I'm like, oh, that's not so great. We already got gold. She says, it could also prove the key to eternal life. How I don't Why know, you and they never that? tell us. Also, Eternal lead with life. that. That is so much more impressive and outrageous than turning base metal to gold. Exactly. But, you know, both two very impressive things. Who's to say which Absolutely. is more? And I mean, I don't want to live forever. Hell no, but I would love no. more gold. I would love more gold. So Scarlett tells us that creating the Philosopher's Stone was one of the goals of alchemy, which she describes as mm-hmm. an early yep. science, which studies the transformation mm-hmm. in all its forms. I guess it is much as like much like the medieval yeah. man. Like science was just stuff that people thought and had to try out. Yeah, yeah. And sort I mean, of science it, is trial and error. I'll give it that. Yeah, and alchemy is, to my understanding, and I refuse to do any uh, research into this, is sort no. of like the idea that you, can we transmogrify other substances into yes. gold? Spoiler yes. alert, nah, not so much. We can. <laughs> but this movie posits, or can we? We find out that Scarlett's dad was the preeminent historian of alchemy, and she makes a point to say was, Allison. Mm. So Benji oh, asked her, were there any truths to the questions about your father's mental stability? You know, he was on this very long journey to find what some would argue is a completely fictional stone. And Scott says, mm-hmm. questions, why? Because he killed himself? And I'm like, I don't know, it was probably that other stuff. Not so much the, the suicide. It was uh, his whole life's sure. work, but maybe. Yeah. So we see Scarlett leading Benji to the home of uh, alchemist Nicholas Fl- Flamel, who lived in Paris sure. 600 years ago. And allegedly, the rumor has it, rumor has it that he succeeded in creating the Philosopher's Stone, which would have given him unbelievable wealth and eternal life. And when grave robbers sacked his tomb, he and his wife's body were missing. So remember that for later. Speaking of, okay. they Scarlett and Benji go to the museum and Nicholas Flamel's tombstone, which he carved himself, and which Scarlett's dad believed would show him the location of the Philosopher's Stone in sort of the symbology of it. The meaning mm-hmm. was lost. Symbology. Scar- That's the other thing that symbology. really gave me Da Vinci Hell code yes. Oh, there's love, so like, much symbology in this. I love like uh, like a cipher and a code. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All Do you that. like it? I'm just going to throw here. Do you like it when like, 
there's a clue on the back of something else. And I'm just throwing this out here because if so, you're going <laughs> to yeah, fucking I love do. this movie. Yeah, I do. Okay, go. <laughs> oh, you know I do. Oh, oh you know I do. <laughs> so, uh, Scott tells us that they, like, the meaning of the tombstone was lost. Her father never found the location of the stone. But... Scarlett has now discovered the fabled rose key, which is basically a Rosetta Stone that is used for translating alchemic symbols into Aramaic. Unfortunately, Scarlett, the one language she doesn't speak is Aramaic, but she oh. knows a guy that does. Also, being an archaeologist and not knowing Aramaic feels like a huge hole in your knowledge. Like, I feel like that is, like, absolutely one of the languages that if if what you deal in is, like— Right. Old, in that very part of the old, world, yes. In that part of the— like. It just feels like you would know some of it. I guess, you know, as someone who is doing Duolingo for German, which is very yeah. similar to English, and I have got, <laughs> I would say I've, I've gained absolutely no ground over the last two weeks. Oh, I'm going to give I mean, Scarlett a little, I would cut her some slack and say, hey, maybe Aramaic yeah. is particularly difficult. A non-alphabetic language. I, I couldn't even imagine learning one at this point in my life. But, you know, that's <laughs> her point, life's I'm work. just losing things. Yeah, exactly. Scarlett yes. has a different life than us, and they're both equally good, and we, could, we both agree. So Benji watches in horror as Scarlett takes him to a church and sort of picks the lock, and they run up to the clock tower to find George, played by Bud Feldman. And Scarlett explains that he loves to break into places and fix things. So this is such a fantastical group of people that George's thing is he breaks into old ancient clock towers and then solves the problems with their mechanery until they work again. And I was like, wow, the energy these kids have. Good for it's you very getting out there. Ocean's Eleven. Yes. Um, like everybody's got a specialty. Uh, for yes, this exactly. And which I, I, I really enjoy. And so George yeah. says, you know, to, tells Benji, you know, the last time I worked with this woman, I ended up in a Turkish jail. Whatever it is, I'm not interested. So, of course, he has to put up a bit of a fight. He doesn't want to be a part of this amazing adventure until Scarlett tells him that she found the rose key. Mm-hmm. And he's like, wait a minute, did you go into our round by yourself? Like, you're you're a lunatic. And they lock eyes. And he realize, like, oh, clearly they were romantically involved. There's something more here than just acquaintances in the mm-hmm. ar- archaeology, historical, occult uh, adventuring yes. community. Yes. Suddenly, the clock starts working, which means they all run out of the church and they look out, and all of the people walking by are looking up. He's like, that's the first time that these people have heard their church bell ring for 284 years. And he's in, baby. He's joining well, like, the Those gang. people have never heard it then. <laughs> like, those people right, weren't yeah. alive the last time it rang. Also, I'm going to say it. It just sounds like every other church bell. Like, it sounds yeah, fine, but I'm not like, wow, same. you know. Yeah, it's a bell. George says, I'll help you translate, but that's it. Oh, George, you can play coy, but you know you're going down those catacombs. You're in. So they meet up with a gorgeous museum worker. That's another thing. Scarlett George and Benji, who is just the documentary, like, uh, cameraman, models. Like, gorgeous. You know, there's. I'm just saying, I'm sure historians and archaeologists and museum workers are gorgeous, but, like, an average person, I'm sure, works somewhere in this. Right, sure. And so George and this museum worker clearly have some sort of history. And the museum worker gives them, like, I will give you 10 minutes alone to look at the tombstone. And they start deciphering it. Okay, they're like, okay, star is ammonia. Sword is lime. But there's no key. There's no key built into this, mm. so we can't decipher it. Mm. Even though there's a prominent key on the back of a figure on the tombstone. Allison, Scarlett says, the key is on the back of the figure. The key must be on the back of the tombstone. 
And as George protests, he helps her take it off the wall, but there's nothing there. Oh, exactly. I'm like, it's one thing for the museum worker to leave the room. There's probably an alarm. I don't think you can just take things off the wall. There absolutely is, and there's cameras on everyone at all times. Yes, but we are moving past that. We are moving forward. We have an adventure to go on. And Scarlett, like, puts it down, and she's like, oh, my God, okay, ammonia mixed with lime. Wait a minute, you can make that with cleaning products. And she goes over to the janitor's cart. We're just like, where's the janitor? Just left the cart there. And she douses the stone in chemicals before setting it aflame. And as the fire burns over the back of the tombstone, it reveals a, a, an engraving, like a, something written there. Okay. And George's She's like, lucky that that exactly. worked. <laughs> She's like, George says, it's really cool, it's, but it's not go to prison cool. And here's Correct. what we found. There is a passage that they read, Winged vulture leads the way with brightest light and darkest day. Underneath the heavens rain, what is lost shall be regained. Halfway twixt the darkest gate, and this tablet laid atop a parid fate. So obviously it's very clear what we have to do. I'm yes. kidding. I'm like, oh God, you gotta decipher this. Luckily they're like everyone riddle involved about is a, a bird. Yeah. So they're like, okay, finally they're deciphering it. They're like, okay, the stone is halfway between the tomb and the darkest gate, which is the gates of hell. Scarlet, thank God, tells us, alchemists believe the number of the devil is 741. So they that makes sense. They, they thought that hell was 741 feet deep. Now, Allison, does that make sense to you? No. No, me either. But we got it no. doesn't matter. But we got to just keep moving. <laughs> and Scarlet says, so halfway between the gates of hell and the tomb, or where the, the tombstone is, uh-huh. that means they have to descend 370.5 feet below Flamel's tombstone. That's Mm-mm. where the Philosopher's Stone is located. And Benji asks, well, well how could we get down there? Because he's not from, he's like an American. And right. they say, hey, Benji, are you familiar with the Parisian catacombs? Mm. George says the tunnels hold six million corpses to the library. So we go to the library. <laughs> Thank God Paris has all these late night architectural I, libraries. Yeah. Yes. They that honestly you can just might. go into. Yeah. They honestly I, might. We barely have libraries great, at all. Yeah, honestly, we, I would say we don't at this point. <laughs> I mean, we, yeah. It, it, so we lay the catacomb map over the map of Paris. And what they realize is the catacombs don't go under Flamel's tomb at all. And it's not like you could burrow through the walls. The walls are like pure limestone. However, right. George is like, you know, there have been three collapses over the past like couple hundred years in areas that did not reportedly have catacombs, including the street where the Flamel's tombstone was. So mm. what he's saying is there are chambers that are not publicly known. They're secret chambers. Oh, no, guys. But then George says, but I'm telling you, I just came here to translate, I don't go underground. You know this about me. So I'm not doing it. So not only does he not want to go underground, which I completely agree with. I mean, that is something that same. That is something that is known about him. Scarlet should know. And so she's asking a big thing of him. Mm -hmm. Not simply, not a normal person. Of course, they'd love to be going to the fucking ground. So it's off to the catacombs. And Scarlett and Benji go in without George, because again, he's refusing. And so before they can go find the hidden chambers, they're just going to take a regular tour with like a tour guide. And the tour guides are like, the catacombs were built? Wow, that was my French accent? What is wrong with me? Like, it's like, the catacombs <laughs> were built because of the horrible stench coming from the overcrowded cemeteries. And I was like, that's really thinking. It's like, where do we do? Yeah. Well, we have all these stinky bodies. We'll just put them underground. Yeah. And as they're walking through the catacombs, there's other tourists there with them. There's a line yeah, of French that people reads. Go down the, yeah, yeah. I, 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 honestly, having seen this, I would Could like to go me. there. It's cool. 
and the the line of French uh, outside of the entrance says, "Stop! This is the Empire of the Dead." Oh boy. Nope. Nope, so we're nope, in the nope. catacombs, which the actual catacombs, which is amazing, but then they are also walking past hundreds of thousands of skeletons. Yes. Another sign says, at the sound of the trumpet, the dead will rise. Mm-mm. And finally, they find a sign that says, the cemetery of the innocents. And Scarlet says, okay, so these are for the same cemetery as Flamel. And I guess they just weren't rich enough to, like, you know, like, have all right. this. They were just put in a pile with everybody else. And she looks at her map, and basically she's like, we would have to go a half a mile straight through the wall. So we have to find a way to access the off-limit parts of the catacombs that, like, the tourists can't access. No, you don't. Suddenly, a man <laughs> Just behind <don't> them— Just <laughs> A man behind them says, go to the club called Le Showcase. Also, please know, every time I'm not doing a French accent, that person's French. No, I'm kidding. Like, this person is French. Yeah. And they turn, and we see a young, curly-haired young man, very young, writing in a journal. And he tells them, ask for Papillon, and he will bring you— to the part of the catacombs that are not you're not technically allowed to go in. So he's sort of be your guide. They're like, oh, thanks so much. And when the tour guide calls Benji and Scarlet, like, hurry up, they turn away and they turn back and the young man is gone. Huge red flag, number one. Yeah. This motherfucker disappeared in seconds. No. And no. you're going to listen to him to go find somebody? No. So, of course, they head to Lush Showcase, and we see this huge-eyed woman in a white dress staring at the camera as she exits the club. And throughout the sequence, we sort of see that she's sort of lurking outside the club watching them. No. And it's exactly what you want a Parisian club to look like. Euro trash, Mm -hmm. go-go dancers in, like, white and and black, like, frilly skirts, blue and pink lights. Yes. And luckily, they ask around, where can we find uh, Pampelon? God, I feel so bad. I'm just calling Pap. Because that is his tag later, we found out as somebody who illegally enters the catacombs, Pap. They say, Where can we find Pap? He's like, Oh, well, why do you want? Why is there a guy with a camera here? Everyone's like, Oh, right, there's a camera recording us at a nightclub. What are you doing? And they find Pap, and Scarlett says, Can you take us into the catacombs? And he scoffs. Like, why would I take you? You have a camera here. I don't want people to find out my business. And she and she tells him, we have found a secret tunnel. And he looks at the map. He's like, no, I've been in the catacombs a thousand times. We would know there was a hidden tunnel there. And Scott mm-hmm. says, no, it was designed to be invisible. And Pap's like, okay, so like why? And like what? I'm supposed to go there, like risk my life, like looking for something with you. Like this is dangerous. This is not to be joked with. And Scott yeah. tells him, I believe it is filled with treasure. Okay. And Pap says, if I take you there, my friends and I, can we get half of the treasure? And George says, yes. In the morning, Pap gets them outfitted with gear. You don't know what you're getting half of. Treasure, Allison. Are you listening? Gold doubloons, chess, uh, trophies, those, the, <laughs> the, the cups with the two handles. Mm. Uh, chalices. Strings chalices. of pearls. Exactly. That's uh, rubies, emeralds. That's the kind of shit we're looking for. <laughs> Got it. Got it. So in the morning, so uh, George is like, yeah, you could take half. George is still like, I don't know if there's going to be like treasure, but okay. So in the morning, Pap gets them outfitted with gear, and Scarlet begs George, like, please come with us. Even though George is like, I do not go underground. I, he's yeah. clearly claustrophobic. He's clearly uncomfortable. He's like, I'm not going to do that. Just mm-hmm. text me while you're down there. And Pap says, yeah. uh, you can't text in the catacombs. The ground is too dense. You don't get cell service. It's, so that's, I again, I'm out. I couldn't think of a better reason to not go somewhere. No yeah. cell service. Um, so Pap also introduces his catacombs team, Susie and Zed, who are going to help them in their endeavor. And they're sort of like, 
adventurers. Like, this is sort of like they're urban spelunking. Like, you're not supposed to go down there. It's very illegal. But it's the thrill of it. It's like knowing this thing that is unaccessible to most people. And they are just completely in. And we see Scarlet uh, map out their route. And we see, with Pap, and we see that the back of uh, Pap's hand has been badly burned. And Benji asks Zed, like, do you know how he got that scar? And Zed's like, we don't talk about that. And so Benji is the one asking the questions I want to know the answer to, which is, what are the risks inherent in going essentially off-roading into the, instead of the regular roads, we're going to the underground roads. And Susie's like, well, it just depends if something goes wrong. If you run out of batteries, if you run out of waters, mm-hmm. if, you, if you get hurt, if you get lost, you'll die down there. And Zed's mm-hmm. like, oh, there's also cops, rats, bats, drowning, because like some Ugh. of the tunnels are half filled with fucking water, which we will see. No, no. And Pap tells them, okay, so they're in a van with, like, a bunch of, like, they're taking, like, ropes, like, hiking equipment, like, uh, they have, like, those um, headlamps, like a miner has, headlamps that all have pin cameras that Benji has mounted. They've got water. They've got food. Like, they're preparing. This is not, this is the descent, you know, a Parisian style. Like, this is, like, a mm-hmm. serious mm-hmm. trip. And if something, one thing goes wrong, they're fucking trapped underground to die. And so when we leave the van, you have to run right into the park, which is how do we get in? Because if the cops find okay. out you're illegally accessing the catacombs, you are fucked. Like, you will be arrested. Okay. So with that, he leads them into the park and towards the entrance of the catacombs. And before they go down, he tags an abandoned tunnel, like uh, the outside of it, with his tag, which is Pap, which is why I'm going to keep calling him Pap, because, my yes, God, I think that's fair. to hear me try to say this man's name yes. over and over, nobody wants him. And so they put on their little headlamp, and uh, Benji has everyone turn on their camera, and George says, I will walk you to the entrance, but then I am leaving. Allison, to get to the fucking catacombs, they have to squirm down a crevasse inside of, like, an abandoned train tunnel and then crawl on their hands and knees through a hole in the crevasse. No. A hole in a crevasse? No. I'm going to stop right there. This whole movie is a hole in a crevasse in a hole in a crevasse over yes. and over again. Worse holes, worse crevasses. No. And so Scarlett, he, she's telling Pap, no, no, George is coming. George is coming. And Pap's like, I don't care whether you come or not. You have to decide right now because the longer we stay here, the more likely the police are to show up. Just then, he gets fucking tackled by a cop. There's all these cops running down the tunnel towards them. The cops are onto them. And in their efforts to flee the police, they're... Everyone, including George, is forced into the crevasse and into the catacombs. And <sighs> Pap sets off a smoke bomb to obscure which tunnel they are ducking into. Like Great. at this point, the tunnel is so low they have to can't walk. See they have to walk over. They have to hunch over to walk. Allison, they oh, can't no. even stand up. I couldn't do it. I physically couldn't do that. <laughs> But fortunately, Benji came prepared, so he has an extra like headlamp and everything for George. George is. Um, freaking out, and oh yeah, you know, they're all trying to like help him, obviously. And Benji's like, "Wow, you, re- you really don't like caves, huh?" And George storms away, and he and Benji's like, "Oh, sorry." And Scarlett tells Benji, "Yeah, he's just really sensitive." George's little brother drowned in a cave when they were younger. Okay. And Benji's like, "Well, fuck, I didn't know that." Also, why is he down here? Why did he even come this far? No, he should not have gone with them exactly. at all. So again, At all. so you know what he's bringing? They're bringing food. They're bringing some ropes. They're also bringing Allison. Their trauma. Yeah. They're bringing their trauma, and it's unresolved. And you know that's not going to be. Of course, it's them. unresolved. Yeah. What would trauma be with it? With if it was resolved? With resolution. 
Yeah. Could be me. Don't know. Could be me. So Scarlett goes up to calm George down, and she's like, hey, you never return my calls after Turkey. Because when I'm having a panic attack about being in a tunnel filled with skeletons, which reminds me of my sibling's demise, the thing that would help me the most is having my ex confront me about ghosting them. I was like, girl, you got to oh. wait till later to bring this up. The man is yeah, not in a state not, to handle it. Not the time. This is bad timing. But they are here to find the Philosopher's Stone, so they must press on. And Pap shows them, like, oh, he tagged the tunnel. And he's like, I'm such a pro. I've been down here. Like, I know all of this. Like, you're in good hands. Allison, this is the first time, but it happens over and again. They have to wade through water. No. That is basically up to crotch height. Oh. Through these narrow stone hallways with low ceilings. Mm-mm, and at mm-mm, one point, mm-mm. they're they're sort of making a right down a tunnel. And Pap says, you know, there's a very cool um, room down there. But we're not going to go there this time. Like, you know, it's that's out of our way. Then she turns and looks on the hallway. This time. It is filled with water, but the ceiling is so low. You would have to, like, not even swim. You'd have to, like, crab walk down this fucking tunnel. I was like, <sighs> I don't know what would be in that room. But I'm telling you now, it's not so cool that I would go down a water-filled, narrow no. sh- uh, shallow, hallway yeah. with a shallow hallway. Mm-mm, Horrifying. Mm-mm, mm-mm. Nothing is worth that to me. No amount of treasure is worth that. To exactly. Me. Right. It's like if let alone I, a cool room. It's like we it was it was international news when we had to rest people had to rescue a bunch of Thai children out yes. of a cave. You're actively going into those caves. Yeah. Not the exact yeah. ones, obviously, but like awful. And Allison, as if that wasn't scary enough, as they walk on, they hear a choir of people singing. And Allison, I think I already know the answer to this. But at this point, what would you do? What would you do? I mean, look, this is a real Allison special. This is, I am just like, I'll just, I'll just kill myself. I'll have brought a cyanide pill with me, like uh, Jodie Foster gets in contact and just be Mm -hmm. like, good night. Um, Ex, you know, aside from that, I would turn around and go back. I'd be like, yeah. you guys are on your own. If I get arrested, Absolutely. whatever the consequences are is better than continuing <laughs> on this. Like, I, I don't care yeah. what it is. Yeah. And I think, like, for me, I would make I would make such a big stink. I, they would walk me back to the entrance. Like, yes. like I would be like, yeah. ah, just yeah. feeling, like, splashing in the water. Like, Same. I would make Same. such a scene that I'd they would help me. Scene. They would push me back up the crevasse. And I will. I would get. I would rather be arrested and put in a Parisian jail than yes. be underground in the situation no. when we're hearing the choir. No, that's not. Just, and I and I'm not dying to go to a Parisian jail, but I'm just saying, given these nope. two options right now, with bells on. Emmy Award-winning John Mulaney presents Everybody's in L.A. A special run of six live episodes created by and starring Mulaney that'll stream live on Netflix during the Netflix is a Joke Fest. The comically unconventional show will feature special guests where John Mulaney explores the city of Los Angeles during a week when every funny person is in it. Watch John Mulaney Presents Everybody's in L.A., debuting May 3rd live at 7 p.m. Pacific Time, only on Netflix. Spectrum One is a big deal. You get Spectrum Internet with the most reliable internet speeds, free advanced Wi-Fi for enhanced security and privacy, and a free Spectrum Mobile Unlimited line with nationwide 5G included, all while saving big. For the big speed, big reliability, and big savings you want, get Spectrum One. Just $49.99 a month for 12 months. Visit spectrum.com slash big deal for full details. 
Offer subject to change. Valid for qualified residential customers only. Service not available in all areas. Restrictions apply. They peer into, you're not going to believe this, another crevasse in the wall. This one, a vertical crevasse. And they see a group of blindfolded, topless, white women mm -mm, singing an eerie chorus. And everyone's like, what the fuck? But Pap is like, oh, yeah, um... There's like constantly weird people down here. Like this oh, kind of really? like this. Yeah, as you Are there? the catacombs attract like all like very religious people, like very strange. I'm sure goths wall to wall. It's gotta be a goth hang. So like we're probably gonna see a bunch of like weird people doing weird stuff, but again, gotta, nobody gotta, owns gotta, this. Gotta, gotta. So, you know, you're allowed to come mm-hmm. down here and just hang out with the bones, you know, provided the cops don't know about it. <laughs> we see the leader of the choir turn to Benji's camera. It is the woman. With the big eyes from the night before. <gasps> no, I don't like that. I don't like it at all. And they press on, and Pap tells them, okay. So to get past again, this point, we have to climb up a pile of bones and shimmy through this incredibly tight space against the ceiling of the tunnel. No. And Benji is like, I'm not doing that. I no. am fine with squirming through a tunnel, uh, army crawling through a crevasse. I do not want to scramble over a bunch of dead people's bodies. And it's like, well, Benji, you probably should have thought of it before you took this job. And I hope you're getting yeah. paid well because you're going to have to. Climbing around with bones on its own and then, like, just to get into another crevasse. Mm-mm. Right, exactly. So, like, oh, finally, you have to crawl over a bunch of bones to finally escape. No, you're going yes. further no. into the catacombs. Yes, exactly. And George says in his breath, like, great tour guide you got, Scarlet, about Pap. Pap's like, I'm not a tour guide. This is not a fucking tour. Like, we're not here because this is fun. This is very dangerous. Yeah. And Scarlet's like, let's calm down. Like, yes, we could crawl through the bone tunnel. But based on the map, it would be easier just to go through this clearly and ominously blocked-off doorway. And Pap great. says, absolutely not. That door is blocked off for a reason. That way, if people have gone down there, they do not come out. And so I was like, okay, but, like, what is it? Like, is it just an urban legend? If we were to go right. through there, it would save us hours. And Pat freaks out. He's like, you don't know the catacombs. Your map doesn't tell you which ones are, are filled with water or which ones have yeah. since collapsed or which ones are evil. And that's a, evil. a very excellent point. And he I mean, tells it's true. Them, no map tells you which ones are evil. Yeah. The, he tells them a couple years ago, they had a friend called the Taupe, which is French for the mole. Mm-hmm. And... He's someone, he lived in the tunnels. He spent years in the tunnel. He knew more better than anyone every single corridor in the catacombs. Except this one, the blocked off door. Because even he sensed, they all sensed it's like horrible down there. But eventually he had to see what it was. He went inside and nobody has seen him since. So if you want to take this way, go ahead, not with me. Definitely go there then, guys. So they all agree they're going to press on. Benji reasonably is very upset about climbing over the human bones. Also, Benji is like a, a, an American-sized person. Yes. Like he's right. not te- like a teeny, like, oh. Teeny little Parisian lady. Yeah, like, yeah, with bird bones and smoking a cigarette right. really chic and fabulous. No, yeah. he is, he's a big person. A man. <laughs> and again, well, I'm thinking I'm bigger than him. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I'm, oh, if yeah. I were to have to crawl through that tunnel, I'm getting absolutely trapped, and I'm absolutely dying there. Yeah. Yeah, so he's sure. crawling over the human bones to begin with. And perhaps like, oh, also, sorry, you will have to watch out for rats because the, this is the rats hang no. out in the bones. And Of course Zed, the rats hang out in the bones. Rats yeah. love bones. And Zed starts screaming. And then he turns around, and he's like, I'm just joking around. And it's like, ha-ha, what a cool, fun joke. Yeah, we're all see, having like, such a good time. I, I don't, like, I like that at least Pap had the, like, 
We yes. don't fucking go, we don't joke around. Like, it seems like at least everybody's taking it seriously and no one's pranking, but now there's pranking. And now I know, I'm angry. And that's the thing. We're underground. We're crawling over human bones. Let's save the pranks for when we're back outside having yeah. a pint, having yeah. a great time. That's fine prank to, I mean, ugh, whatever. So as, <laughs> they're, as they're crawling through, and Benji is panicking, like having a claustrophobic like panic attack, as he's panicking, the singing is getting louder and louder. And it's a fucking mm-hmm. terrifying sequence of him, like, hyperventilating. And then we hear a rat squeaking. And so he's freaking out. And Scarlet's, like, calm down. And she's trying to have him move back and then kind of, like, shift the bones. Because basically he's just running up against, like, the bones are trapping him. And if he, he has to, like, basically move the bones around. And finally he's able to do it an inch forward. Meanwhile, the whole time, I would be thinking, I have to c- fucking come back this way. You know what I mean? It's bad enough. I'm, I'm still right. going in. I have yeah. to climb back through these bones. We have to get out. Yeah. Suddenly, Allison, oh, again, as if that wasn't bad enough. They hear a tremendous roar, and the tunnel starts fucking collapsing. Mm-mm. So Benji's screaming, clawing, and everyone's pulling him out, and they got they do. But just before the tunnel collapsed behind them, so the their only way that we know of escape is now sealed. No. Allison. No. Again, from worse to worse, they turn around and in this, the new part of the tunnel they're now in, they see the same bricked up doorway they saw in the other hallway. And Scarlet's yes. like, did we so it's the same mm. spooky bricked up doorway? And Scarlet's right. like, did we go in a fucking circle? And Pap says, no, that doorway is not here. Or it shouldn't be here. We didn't go in a circle. That door has moved. Oh, Pap- okay. So the doors move. The doors are the now bones? moving. Great. Benji, of course, freaks out. And he's like, you made us crawl through here. Like, what the fuck's going on? And he's like, look at the map. I'm not lying. It shouldn't be here. We have moved past it. Unfortunately, it is the only doorway where they can go through at this point. Because there is no Right, because they can't turn exit. around. Exactly. Yeah. And there's no other tunnel leading away from this exact part. So they have to fucking kick the doorway. There's rocks that are stacked in the doorway. Kick it uh, through. And they forge ahead, even though Pap is like, we can't go through there. We can't go through there. This is evil. But Allison, they have no fucking choice. They, they cannot. Right. It's not like they can dig the tunnel. It's like thousands of pounds of limestone yeah. burying these bones. So they immediately find Pap's tag. And they're like, Pap, you said you'd never been here before. And he's like, I haven't. I don't know how that could be here. Allison, just then, they hear a phone ringing. Oh, And they all turn to him. And they're like, didn't you just say there's, like, no phones? He's like, well, there used to be phone lines until, like, the 50s, but they took them all out because, you know, they upgraded. So there should be no way to have a phone call. And it has, like, that really, like, beautiful, like, the, like, round version, like, the sound of a rotary phone where you could hear the mm-hmm. phone mechanism, yes. like, jingle. Yes. And it's very soothing, but also, like, it is. terrifying. It's terrifying. For to me, I'm like, oh, I miss that sound. <laughs> I do, too. And so they immediately turn on Pap, which I think is, like, it's too, I, or I guess it's, like, the person to blame. But they're like, you told us there was no sure. phone. Like, you, well, why are we going on? You see either tags on the wall. You know, it's like, even though to see him, he's obviously shitting his pants. Like, he's terrified. Right. Right. He's not pranking. And so they walk on and they get to the barrier, Dell, and fear, which George says, okay, this, so this is a site of, of one of the collapses I was talking about. And um, it's like, you know, they, 150 people died in that collapse. And Pap says, yeah, and what they don't talk about is 50 more disappeared when they were sent in to fix it. Allison, they turn around, and around a corner, there's an upright piano. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Obviously. Yeah. That's what would be got on there. George is like, this is crazy, but when I was growing up, 
we had a piano just like this. Danny and I would play it all the time, and we had, just, but we only really knew one song. So the song is "My Bonnie Lies Over the Ocean," mm-hmm. and he's sort of almost like in a fugue state, like talking about this. Like he's suddenly like really like just entranced in his memories. He's like, you know, we can never finish the song because the A four key was fucked up and it wouldn't play. And he goes to play the song, and Allison, the A four key doesn't work mm-hmm. because it's his childhood piano. And George says, I'm half of all of us. What? what is happening? Yes. And Pep Excellent says, question. I told you we shouldn't have gone this way. And Scarlett's like, we have to keep going. This is the only option. And also, I think I'm going to find the Philosopher's Stone. So we're going to keep going. I mean, this bitch and her ambition. The phone rings again. And Scarlett's like running ahead trying to find the phone. And she finds it. And she answers the phone. We're just sitting at like a little end table in like the middle of a fucking tunnel underground. And she hears a man's voice says, why won't you talk to me, Scarlett? Knows her name. Knows her name even. No. No. And she says, who is this? And the man just groans. And she slams down the receiver. But here we are. What can we do? Just said nothing. A man's voice comes from, you know, it's a crevasse, saying, you shouldn't be here. It's Latoupe, the French gang's friend who had been missing two years ago. yes. Yes. And they're like, oh, my God, you're still alive? And he said, you never came to look for me. And they're like, oh, Latoupe. Oh. Well, we didn't want to go to that place that we're now currently in, which is why you're here. Yeah. They're still alive. Like, I guess. Thriving? Like, what's he eating? How's he <laughs> living down there? Latoupe is 30, flirty, and thriving. No, Latoupe <laughs> looks horrible. Obviously. He's gaunt, and he's just staring, like, at the wall. Like, also does not have a flashlight. So before they showed up, ostensibly living in complete darkness, oh, like a mole. Cool. Like a mole. And Latoupe says, follow me. And George's like, you don't know where we're going. And he says, well, you want to get out of here, right? And they're like, you know what? That is what we want to do now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's get yep. the fuck we out of like here. We would like to get the fuck out of here. And Latoupe takes off. Again, doesn't have a light. Doesn't need the light. And it's just powering ahead of them. And all of them are scrambling with their stuff to keep up. And he tells them the only way to get out is down. No. And he, he, he picks boards up off the ground it is a fucking straight drop into an no. empty fucking well. So I, they have to now uh, rappel down no. a well. Rappel down a well? Rappel down. This is where I'm saying I would just be like, I'm just going to go ahead and starve here. I would go yeah. ahead and die. I'll it won't take as long as I, I, you know what I mean, like without water. Yeah. I just, I think I'm done with the, this. Yeah. I cannot no rappel more, down a well. Yeah. The odds that I'm going to survive that. Just they keep getting lower and lower, where it's like just quit while you're not ahead. Unlikely, like, yeah. So and they're, and they're all like, "Oh my God, should we do this? This seems stupid to go down." We're just like trying to escape. We do this? And and Scarlet says, "You know, the space we're looking for, the hidden chamber. Didn't you notice it was perfectly wedged between the east system and the south system of the catacombs? It connects them. If we find the chamber, then that's the way out. We'll find a way out, girl." I don't know if that makes sense. I, I don't, don't think know. it does. I hope you're right, but on paper, it doesn't read right. Mm-mm. And George I don't says, trust it. reasonably, George is like, and what if there is no chamber? And Scarlet vows, there will be. No. So then they have to fucking spelunk down this fucking 100 foot, 100 meter well. I don't even know how, but incredibly far down. And they're going down. Scarlet goes down. They're all going down. And they then have a Benji. Rope? They have ropes, yeah. So okay. the um, French gang at least have, has come equipped with all. But again, it's like all these people just suddenly. The, even your cameraman has the uh, like arm strength to lower himself down. To repel, yeah. I don't. I couldn't. Again, maybe again, maybe you specialize in adventure documentaries sure. for Indiana Jones type situations, and maybe I get that. Sure. George gets stuck, and just then Benji falls, screaming, 
and has to grab the line, which tears his hands up. Oh, God, yeah. And they got, like, uh, George softens his blow, and then he hits the ground, and they're like, what happened? And Benji's like, the clip broke. And George says, how? Bitch, what do you mean how? I don't, it just broke. broke. What do you mean there's no how? And they're all able to get down the well, but Benji's hands are really cut up and bleeding. And he's obviously more and more distressed, as you would be. They're suddenly stumbling down a corridor where they realize they can't hear anything. Like, all of their talk is completely muffled. And suddenly they hear a huge roar and a screams rip through the tunnel and everyone's lights go out as they, like, run and they, they try to run down the tunnel. In the chaos, somebody's light falls on the distorted face of a little curly-haired boy. And finally, their lights come back on. There's no one there. I'm sick of these people popping back up. <laughs> yeah. Scarlet, uh, Scarlet says, what was that? And Latouf says, the question is not, what was that? But who was that? It leads them on. And George asks Pab, like, how well do you know this guy? And Pab just goes, um, he's very different now. <laughs> Which is like, um, I guess like, <laughs> yeah, I knew him pretty well, like, uh, two years ago before he disappeared for two years underground. Like, I don't, I guess, like, I don't know if I know him. Yeah. Lives as, like, a mole person among the bones and the rats. Uh, I guess so, I would say you know, we used to be friends, and now we're, like, more of acquaintance. We're buddies, you know? It's a little different. Like, you know when somebody goes to law school and gets a whole new clique? It's that. Exactly. But rats. <laughs> yeah, it was, like, his clique is rats and bones. <laughs> Finally, they they enter into a, a room, and they find a dead end. And they're like, Latoop. And he's like, I'm sorry. I thought this was the way. I'm, I, again, I'm a mole person now. I don't, you can't trust me. I don't know. No. But Allison, in the middle of the room is a column with a winged vulture from the riddle on the tombstone. Yes, of course. And on the wall, on the direction that the wing is pointing, is a scarab. So, uh, so Scarlet George are really like, you know, like, beautiful mind, like, sort of like— yes. House, castle, you know what I mean? Like all these like, um, you know, I'm trying to think of that one. Sherlock Holmes, you know what I mean? Like they're like putting (laughs) together like, okay, uh, a Ptolemaic hinge. You have to take Mm -hmm. the exact right stone from the exact right place of the wall or the the ceiling will collapse on you and you will be killed. And they're like, okay, so be very clear about which stone you're taking out. Yes. And and, and this girl's like, underneath heaven's reign, celestial spheres, the eight planets, and George is like, well, okay, but this, was this before or after Copernicus? Because then the Earth wasn't a planet, but the sun and moon oh were seven oh planets. God. Cut to the ceiling oh collapsing. No, that, that's like if I was doing that, I'd be like, just pull it out. I'm immediately dead. Uh, yeah, just arbitrary. I'm like, what are the odds I'm going to be right? You know? Just and pull also, it they out. cut the seven, they count the seven stones to the floor. I'm like, it could have very easily been for the ceiling. We don't from know that ceiling. information. But fortunately, they pull the stone out. And it works. A hole opens to the wall. Hooray! A hole we have to climb into. Oh, great. Another hole. What's behind it? A crevasse? And Pap's like, oh my God. Does this mean we're going to find the treasure? And George is like, and a way out? Again, maybe. I don't know about the way out thing. This seems, again, way very out, dubious. I, I think the treasure is now more likely than a way out. Yes. Fortunately, Scarlet crawls into the tunnel. And, and she's like, oh my God. And George's like, what is it? And she's like, "You come, you have to see this. It's like, well, yeah, I was going to crawl the tunnel. I just wanted you to yell back, what did no, you I'm find? Hanging out. So I, I, yeah. They crawl in and they find the body of Nicholas Flamel. Allison, unfortunately, the body is not rotting. The body is like waxy and looks preserved, even though this motherfucker's been dead for 600 years. No. They find nope. the motto... The alchemist motto on the wall, the uh, anagram or whatever, which is vitriol, 
And that stands for, say it with me, visit the interior parts of the earth by rectification. Thou shalt find the hidden stone, okay? Obviously. And so Scarlet says, I think this means we have to go deeper. There has to be more. And I'm like, I refuse. I'm done. No, can't again, go further. We go I'm back to hang the out riddle. with this preserved corpse and see right, if it'll I'm happen. I'm going to lay down. I'm going to cross my little arms and my little chest and say goodnight. However, we go back to the riddle the brightest light and darkest day. Scarlet says, Turn off your headlamps. Everyone, turn off your lamps. And Benji says, fuck that. There's a dead person in the room. I'm not going to do that. However, Scarlet talks Benji into shutting it off. They shut their lights, and there's a pool of water on the ground. And they see light coming from inside the pool. There is another room. You have to swim through a tunnel to find it. Also, how can the lights be on? Who turned them on? What are lights? Powers them. (laughs) What are lights, and how do they work? Someone should make a horror movie about that. (laughs) <laughs> so they, they they go to the pool and they Scarlet says I'm going through and they all scream like stop like you can't just swim into an unknown underground tunnel no. just on a whim you'll die Allison she dives under and she swims through and she emerges in a room filled with treasure oh gold balloons and and pearls diamonds all the Sapphires. treasures of the earth. Looks like it all panned out, well, except for being able to escape, but we'll get to that in a minute. And sure. panicking, George swims after her, and then Pap swims after him, and they all swim through. And everyone's like, oh, my God, there's, like, um, sort of a So they, gate. like, swim through a tunnel, but then are, like, in, like are above water. Like, emerge they're not just into underwater. A, yeah, so they swim through a tunnel. They go walk down, swim through the tunnel, and then emerge back into another room. And okay. that room they had to swim up into. Got it. So everyone else is like, oh, my God, there's, like, we're, we're rich. Like, this is incredible. Ugh, this water must be so gross. So much rat poop in there. Like, the you're gonna, They're all going to die before they even try oh, to get out of there. Because they're going to have such a toxic uh, shit all over them. This is where Legionnaire's disease is from. I have to imagine. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So everyone is, like, trying to get, there's sort of, like, a, a gate, like, a prison um, cell gate in front of the... Mm-hmm. Uh, um, treasure. So everyone else starts to like pull it away except for Scarlett and George who have found a mural with um, all these sort of like old arcane symbols and they're reading them and it's like, oh, I figured it out because again, she's a genius. Oh, meanwhile, also Latoop is just fucking standing in the corner just st- staring at them, you know? He's not having a great time. And George says, let's not celebrate yet. How are these lamps still lit? And Scarlet explains the Philosopher's Stone. The Philosopher's Stone can fuel a lamp for eternity. How, Allison? I don't know, but it, it the, it's the Philosopher's Stone. It's what it does. Yeah, it, yeah. And she, I'll allow she, it. she points to the mural and she recites the legend of the sky goddess and the earth god who are driven apart by their jealous son, the sun. And in concluding, telling her tale, she reaches up and she pries the red, there's like a red rock that is the sun in the mural. That's the okay. Philosopher's Stone. And she finally has it. And suddenly Scarlet shouts to the group, wait a minute, it's a trap! Just as they're able to wrench the gate off of the treasure room, Allison, the ceiling fucking collapses. Of course it does. Of course, treasure, gold, it's always blinding us to the truly important things, like not having a ceiling collapse. Yes. Oh, the most important thing. Yes. There, I, the thing that will make you appreciate not having a ceiling collapse is when the ceiling collapses, you know? They are all, they all, you know, they, they emerge from the rubble. Susie is badly hurt. Her The boat is jutting out of her arm. And Latoupe cool. has been completely crushed under the biggest rocks. He survived for, like, two years <laughs> living there by himself. And now, like, these fools come back down to find to find something else and run into him. And now he's dead. 
<laughs> Poor yeah, guy. You know, again, I think this guy, he's not made a series of unfortunate decisions. Yes. So yes. Latoupe has been crushed under the rocks, of course, and unfortunately, also along with their bags of food, water, and batteries. So perhaps to be like, we only can use, like, everyone shut it off. We'll just have to use one light at a time. We have to preserve this, you know. And I'm like, could they drink that water? Probably not. They'd probably die. No, there's no way. So they all start strategizing, and Scarlet takes the Philosopher's Stone and sort of holds it and instantly heals Susie's arms. So I guess it can do anything? Sure. Whatever you want it to do, it'll do. And Scarlet's like, again, the, it's a stone. It's incredible powers, you know? And they're like, okay, there has to be another exit. How do we find it? And they find an engraving on the ceiling called the Porta Alchemica. And mm. it, oh, Scarlet tells us this is the door to the mystical, obviously. And it works in conjunction with the mural on the fall wall, which far wall, which reads "As above, so below," which, Scar- which Scarlet explains is the key to all magic. And this is her explanation. I tried to look it up a line, and I'm going to just let this stand. Sure. Because when I read it, I think it was sort of like the mechanisms of the both the planets and of like the celestial beings that their understanding existed, as in heaven, so on earth. And she says, "What is within me is outside of me." As it is on earth, so it is in heaven. As I am, so are my cells, so are my atoms, so is God. Allison, does that make sense? I don't know. No. And Scarlet concludes, as I believe the world to be, so it is. And I guess I'm like, much like in many of our horror movies, I don't know if that necessarily tracks for what the other thing. Yeah. But I think that's no, what we're saying. No, I don't think so either. But it's, as I believe whatever. the world to be, yeah, not our concern. As we believe the world to be, so it is. So but in this case, it quite means it means literally because there's a door in the floor, and they're able to hammer through. It's like hidden under a pool of water, and she hammers through through the bottom of it, and all the water starts draining out, which means they get to shimmy through a little wet tunnel. Oh, Ugh. you you again! It makes you appreciate how dry those other tunnels were. That this is a wet, yeah. muddy ass tunnel. The now. luxury of a dry, unmuddied tunnel. And Pap is like, we're in the catacombs. There is nothing below us. Like, they, we cannot go lower than this. It's just the ground. Right. However, we see this tunnel. Everything sucks. I'm like, just staring at this. like, this sucks. sucks. I don't want to do this. It just sucks. It sucks across the board. Allison, in the tunnel, they find a phrase carved in the wall. And the phrase is, abandon all hope, ye who enter here. Ye who enter here. Mm-hmm. Which Georgia first tells us is the inscription over the gates of hell, uh, traditionally. Mm-hmm. And Pap says, I'm not going in there. But again, where are you going to go? There's the only one way to go is forward. Can't and go up. Scarlet starts to climb it in. She turns back to Georgia. She says, and they should be made to crawl on their bellies as they enter the kingdom of darkness. And Georgia says, yeah, I thought of that passage too. Well, unfortunately, they have to squirm through this passageway, which is even smaller. Of course it and is. And they emerge out of the tunnel into a replica of the room they just left. But everything is upside down. The as no, above, so below I... mural is upside down. No. Allison, they turn back to the entrance they just came through, and it is gone. And I have to ask at this point, who will survive? Who will survive? It's hard because it's like, because this is found footage, I'm like, did someone, sur- did they all die? But then it's like, how does this footage get found? Like, that logic. So I have to believe that one person survives. Yeah, there's definitely a lot of like, if you think about it too hard, like, you don't necessarily yeah. see them grabbing everyone's headlamp camera. But, you know, I, I trust that they were doing it because I, I want to believe. Yeah. 
Um, I, I, I think one, I think maybe, maybe just Pap. Okay. Survives. I like that. Just Pap. And continu- continues to have this like catacombs knowledge, but like doesn't ever talk about this again. Yeah. I like that a lot. I wouldn't. <laughs> Great guess. Oh, no, for sure not. <laughs> Emmy award winning John Mulaney presents Everybody's in LA, a special run of six live episodes created by and starring Mulaney that'll stream live on Netflix during the Netflix is a joke fest. The comically unconventional show will feature special guests where John Mulaney explores the city of Los Angeles during a week when every funny person is in it. Watch John Mulaney Presents Everybody's in L.A., debuting May 3rd live at 7 p.m. Pacific Time, only on Netflix. Spectrum One is a big deal. You get Spectrum Internet with the most reliable Internet speeds, free advanced Wi-Fi for enhanced security and privacy, and a free Spectrum Mobile Unlimited line with nationwide 5G included, all while saving big. For the big speed, big reliability, and big savings you want, get Spectrum One. Just $49.99 a month for 12 months. Visit spectrum.com slash big deal for full details. Offer subject to change. Valid for qualified residential customers only. Service not available in all areas. Restrictions apply. So Pap says, recently to us, okay, so are we dead? Like, like what is Great happening? Question. Like, Very how are the question. doors moving? Like, how are we in a mirror image of the room we were just in? Like, I don't understand it. Yeah. And Scarlett says, we should find a way out. <laughs> and they go back Oh, should into, you? Yeah. So basically, like, what we're going to— There's no other way, so we have to backtrack the way we came in reverse. So mm-hmm. we are going to go back and try to go back because there's no other way, right? I would but be you dead— can't- Well, unfortunately, due to circumstances out of their control, quite literally— that's the only way. So they have to swim back into the room, into the other room. Right. And they find them back in the room with Nick, Nicholas Flamel's body. However, this okay. one is actually a mummy and looks horrible. And in the okay. corner, they hear this mm. heavy, rasping breathing. It's oh, Latoupe, alive and, well, not well, but alive in some sense. Alive, alive. And he's sort of sitting in the corner, like, not moving, just rasping. And Susie, because, you know, knows him as a friend, approaches him. It's like, are you okay? And Latoupe leaps up, grabs her by the fucking throat, and slams her head into the floor until she's dead. I mean, understandably. <laughs> Latoupe was probably in a very fragile um, mental state to begin with. And I don't think— Yeah, when think, they—yeah. Yeah. So I don't think what has occurred would have has helped the situation. No, and certainly Scarlet only runs be over down, not up. Exactly, Scarlet runs over the stone, and she's like, "I'm," and looks at Susie, and is like, "I'm sorry, the stone won't bring back the dead." Susie, dead. They have to keep going, so Allison. It does have limits. So they leave her exactly. Like, okay, I guess it's a white thing. That makes sense. That's fair. So they I leave guess, her. Yeah. Pap is sobbing, horrified. You know that he, he just watched. You know, this person who he loved die. die. They have to crawl through that. And that's the other thing. Not only are you, you're, you're mind in hell or something is happening, you still have to crawl through all the tunnels. Right. You still have to do all the horrible stuff. It's still also, know? like, athletic. <laughs> yeah. They're crawling through. Oh, no, I would be so exhausted. I mean, you've already done I all mean, this. You have to do it in reverse. Like a whole day of CrossFit. <laughs> I mean, yeah, they burn so many calories. They look so good by the They're end of it. They're all, like, shredded. <laughs> yeah, I mean, quite literally, their bodies shredded. are just yes, shredded. Yes, they are shredded. <laughs> So they crawl through a little tunnel, and they, we hear a loud creak, and Scarlet sees a noose hanging from the ceiling in the room where we saw the winged vulture, um, mm-hmm. you know. And so at this point, that's when I asked the question. It's like, well, where the hell do they think they're going? You know, it's like, how are, you know. And right. George says, 
everything is like the mirror image of what we've already done, but somehow we keep going deeper, including Allison. They have to go down another fucking well. So it's the inverse. Instead of going up the well, right. they have to go down another well. I hate that. That's too many wells. It's too many wells. And they're going well, down the well. Well, well, <laughs> well. guards. Guard your well. Guard well. your well, well. So they're going down the well, and Benji's <laughs> the last person. And Allison, he's, like, about to go down. He hears a baby crying. No. And poor, sweet, dumbass Benji turns around and says, is someone there? No. Nope. Don't ask. Just would keep, it be? keep moving. He turns around. And we see the giant, like, big-eyed woman from outside the club screaming. It looks like she's holding a baby. And Benji Mm -hmm. screams and falls down the well to his death. (gasps) And, again, Scarlet runs over, but it's too late. She cannot heal him. He's at least killed on impact, which is what you'd hope. Like, if I'm in this situation, for God's sake, let me die when I hit the ground. Fast. Fast. Um, So the gang, again, forced to go on. They leave Benji's body there. And they climb, have to climb back over the bone pile, which is now miraculously open. And while they're climbing okay. through the bone pile, Allison, we hear a little boy's voice calling, George, help me. And it's, of course, George's little brother, Danny, who died. Underneath the bones, which is a really cool effect, like he's crawling through the bones, George looks down and he could see his brother Danny drowning as if they're separated by like a plane of glass. And, and Danny's still a child. And he's screaming, he's trying to move the bones, but like it's not there, obviously. It's an illusion. And everyone tries to calm him down and tell him it's not real, it can't be him. And George is like, what is happening? Like he's like, how could that be? How could he be here in any way? Well, we yeah. can't deal with it, Allison, because we hear a man screaming. And straight ahead as they walk no. into um, tunnels we've never been in. So now we are suddenly, we are... This is not Somewhere territory new. we're no. We are in a new right. um, area that I think we're supposed to think like this, the process of them going down there has made this access to these, like it's almost like you had to traverse through this experience to get to, get to, to where other. they are. Yeah. Unfortunately, they see around a corner like flickering flames of a fire and they slowly turn the corner. Allison, it's a fucking car fully on fire with a man in it being burned alive. And the man no. is the guy who told them to go find Pap at the showcase to begin with. And Pap says, no, it wasn't my fault. I'm sorry, it wasn't my fault. And the gang tries to help him, but he is dragged to the car and consumed by the flames in the car. No. And then in an no. even weirder little twist, the car sort of like, there's like a burst of fire and the car sucks into itself. Yes, that's in the trailer. And disappears, but Pap is stuck in the floor of the cave, and his feet and legs are just sticking out, and they're still kicking. So he is alive, being suffocated to death in the limestone floor of the cave. And they can't get him out. There's nothing they can do. So now we're down to three. George, Scarlet, and Zed. Allison, they're going, and in front of them, there's a hooded figure walking by at the end of a tunnel. So they kind of duck into a side tunnel. And I do agree there's something where it's like, we've been through so much, and somehow the only thing that's worse is there's just somebody fucking walking around down here in a cape. Yeah, no. And a fucking it would, cloak. That would be so, so unsettling. Right. Also, like, a hood. Yeah. No. I guess it would be weirder. It's like, yeah, it's just like a guy in shorts. Like, just like shorts <laughs> like and flip flops. <laughs> George, tell, like, just on his phone. The George echoing tells, of the flip flops, like, in the cab. <laughs> harrowing. Yes, truly chilling. George tells Scarlett, whatever happens, the week in Turkey was the greatest week of my life. 
And Scarlett said, me too. And they slowly walk on, and they're trying to avoid the figure, obviously, but they find themselves in a room with a hooded figure on a chair. The figure's, like, gasping and moaning and wheezing. And as they walk past, their stone faces carved in the wall, and the faces are screaming. And the hooded figure stands and turns, and we see a deformed white face. I don't know who it's supposed to be, so in my mind, that is Nicholas Flamel. Because the thing that we learned about him is eternal life. And we saw his body, but then we saw it, and it was in a different state. So what I'm thinking yeah. is he did get eternal life, Exist. but it's some sort of weird mirror existence where he has to fucking live in hell. Mm-hmm. You know, it's yeah. sort of like in payment for his dabbling. Is that what the film yes. is saying? I don't know, but that's what I'm saying to you, dear listener, and to that's you, Allison. Fine. That works for me. Because if it's not him, it could have literally been any other white person I, who's in this film. I don't know. Yeah. Suddenly— the stone heads rip free of the wall, and it turns out they have stone bodies and start attacking the George and Scarlet and Zed and end up tearing George's throat open before Scarlet and Zed could drag him away. We also see them drop one of the cameras, which does beg the question, how do they get that footage? Does someone go back there later? Like, we see them, yeah. the, the camera of them dragging him away. Not for us to question. Nope. They pull George to safety, oh. only realize he's bleeding out. But the stone isn't working. And George whispers, vitriol, which is the motto of alchemy, of course. And Scarlet realizes, Mm -hmm. oh my God, of course. Rectification is how I find the stone. I have to rectify my wrong. I need to replace the stolen stone. And that will allow me to get the new one to save George. Hey, sounds as good as any other idea we've had. So now she has to, I know. She has to leave Zed and a dying George to retrace their steps alone. And this time, this means she has to climb back up the well the other way. I feel like There's even if just, I made this well, at this point, I would I stand couldn't. there and look up and be like, I'm sorry, I, I, I love you, but we're dying down here together. Like, Yeah, I can't do it. And she goes back into the water to swim to the other room, but it's now blood. So she's like choking on blood. The water is thick. The implication, I think, is that we are in hell. We're experiencing it. This is a Dante-level yeah. hell. And the, yes. and the blood's full of faces that are trying to bite her and, and danger. And when she climbs no. out, we see the hanged man again, this time with a hood. And she says, Dad? But when she pulls the hood off, it is Scarlet herself who screams at herself. And she okay. dives back into the blood and finally makes it back to the, the room with the mural. That room. She replaces okay. the false stone and only then she realizes there's a sun in the mural. It's just covered in dust. So she wipes it off, and that is the Philosopher's Stone. So she did, in fact, find it, which it'll be great if they're able to escape this hellhole. Literal hellhole. Meanwhile, poor Zed is, like, literally trying to hold George's blood in his body while these hooded figures, has turned off his light, while these hooded figures are wandering around. He's trying not to, like, attract their attention. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. On her Mm-mm. way back to Mm-mm. the, again, has to go down the well again. Uh, so much well business in this. Horrifying. I On mean, her way back, Scarlet runs into her actual hanging father. And this time it's actually him. And she hugs mm-hmm. him and says, I'm sorry I didn't pick up the phone that night. Ostensibly the night he died by suicide. I didn't know you were in that much pain. And he disappears. And she realizes, oh, that's part of it. Oh, yeah. that's okay. part of sure. it. You know? Processing trauma. You got it. You got to process your trauma. That's the only way we're going to be able to. And I'm like, this is a very Catholic hell. You know what I mean? It's like, I have to rectify. I have to get right, you know, with the Lord. I have to uh, atone for my sins. 
Finally, Scarlet makes it back with the real stone and kisses George, who's not doing well, but uses a stone, and he's able to live. It heals his neck wound. Okay. George is alive, trapped underground, but alive. And they start running, even as the hooded figures are sort of descending, and they find themselves at the top of a dark hole. This is like the worst well you've ever seen, way, way deeper. And Zed's like, Oh, a deeper well? He's like, and Zed says, we cannot, we will never be able to climb down. It's like, I was yeah. just like 3,000 feet. It's like insane. Like, we, there's no conceivable way. And Scarlet says. Like, still going down also feels crazy. Scarlet tells him, we have to jump. We have to rectify ourselves and jump. And Scarlet says to George, why is your brother haunting you? And George admits he promised Danny that he, he told him that his brother had gotten his leg caught in the cave. And he told Danny, I will come back for you, but he got lost, which means that Danny died waiting for George to come back. Hmm. I don't think that that's what you have to apologize for because no, you were a kid I don't, and that's... also you got lost, which is not your fault. Yeah. So you weren't like, I'm going to go get tacos, but I'll be back in a bit. Like, <sighs> I mean, I kind of would, I would kind of respect it in like if the movie was just like, yeah, I told him I'd come back and I was too afraid I didn't tell anyone. It would still be really sad, but it would be like, Yes, I understand being guilty, but this is like, you got lost. Like, what are you supposed to do? You're a kid in a cave, yeah. you know? Yeah, it's... And then Zed, and Strange and Zed, Zed says, I know that I have a child, I've never seen him, and I know that it's mine, but I deny it. And I think that's supposed to be the big-eyed woman, because the last time we see her with mm. is with the baby at the top of the well when she mm. screamed at Benji. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming mm. that's supposed to be the woman, because we see her really early. Yeah. And it's sort of like that baby is haunting. Again, I'm not exactly sure, but that's what I took it as. And I'm like, yeah, that's that way worse sense. than George's thing. Like, it's like George's thing was yeah. a kid. It wasn't his fault. You're choosing right, to do this, not abandoning your child. Yeah. So they all join Hannah. And Scarlett already made amends with her father, which, again, I mean, is very sad. I don't, again, not your fault. So they jump in the yeah. hole. Couldn't be me, Ellison. And they Mm-mm. fall forever. And they're like, cameras are cutting out, obviously. And they crash land, but survive in a room with no doors or exits. And finally, Zed, and he's really held together. Zed's like, oh, God, we're going to die down here. And it's like, yeah, this yes. stinks. This yeah, 100 I would just have one of, like, both of you guys, like, just choke me out. And then yeah. you can start eating my body. Like, just make, kill me yeah. and then just go to town to keep you alive. Yeah, go to but town on me. who wants to stay That's alive? Fine. Trapped in a hole. I don't want to stay alive and eat one of my friends. Allison, they look down. At the bottom of the chamber is a manhole. And they, they're able to pu- pull it open. And then there's another manhole that they're able to push down and slide to the side. So when they emerge, they are crawling out upside down onto the street of Paris. So the floor of the room they're in is the underside of the streets of Paris. Of the street. Yes. So they're okay. climbing out and sort of like it, it, reversing themselves. So they're sort of had, they're a mirror image of Paris. Yeah. They've yeah. made it out and they all embrace. And Zed is kind of stunned and walks away. And I'm sort of like, it's like, Zed, did Zed survive to, like, do the right thing, I guess, be in his child's life, hopefully? And Scarlett so. and George embrace, obviously united by this trauma. And we end on Scarlett's original interview. Again, did somebody get Benji's, like, did he have other footage? Does he have a hard drive at the hotel? And yeah, what's going on? We end on Scarlett's interview where she's saying, I don't really care about the treasure. The truth is, I want the truth. I want to know the truth. And that's the end. No. I don't know. I think it is. <laughs> That's not it, enough for me. <laughs> I, you know, because my thing is like, okay, we're supposed to apologize. Not apologize, but we're supposed to make amends. But I'm like, okay, well, what did Benji do? What did Susie do? What did Latouf right. do? It's sort of like, well, how did everyone else get punished? 
Did they right. own something and we just like Did don't they know have what traumas, it is? But like we just didn't. They didn't get that far. And I really do have a quibble with two of their traumas. Yes. You know, like, yes, she should have picked up that phone, but she didn't know that that's what her father was in a terrible mental state, obviously. That's more a regret than, like, yes. yeah, guilt or trauma. That's, like, a regret. Like, yeah, I don't yeah. know. Yeah. And also, it's like, yeah, that if it was like we all did something horrible, that to me makes sense. Like, oh, we all have something like Zed. Like, I, yes. you know, whatever, stole someone's work. I abandoned somebody. Right. You know, like, yes. I— Whatever that to me is like, yeah, get right. But that, that I was just like, honestly, two of the three, you shouldn't feel bad. I mean, like, feel no. bad. You shouldn't like, have to. You shouldn't have to travel through many, many, many wells to yeah. get, to arrive at you know processing that. Like, that's not. You don't have to. You know what? Accept it. That's on us to say. If we're ever trapped in the catacombs, I'm gonna make a list up top. You know, just to me have too. on hand. What am I apologizing for? So my question yeah. to you, Allison, is: Could you name some fatal mistakes? that uh, people have made in the film. Fatal mistakes. Going in the catacombs. Mm-hmm. I Mistake guess that number would be one. my number one. Um, 100%. And then, like, once you, like, got to, like, once you, like, I feel like once we hit the, like, topless blindfolded women, I'd be like, you know what? This is probably, like, yeah. not a place we want to be. And just turn around Absolutely. then. You could have gotten out. Absolutely. And then every single other decision, but it's like they also didn't have a ton of choices, so it's just like getting in there at all is really the the fatalist of mistakes. Yeah, I think once they once the bone tunnel collapses, I think everyone's mm-hmm. doing the best they can. And I appreciate mm-hmm. right. you know what they did. And yes, very limited. Uh can you blame them for what we did? What what the decisions they made? No. At this point, again, I would be screaming, falling down, torn bones. Yeah. A mess. Just panicking the entire time, tearing my clothes. Yeah. Um, and then finally, where would you place As Above, So Below on the spooky scale? A spooky scale. I mean, claustrophobia is a big one for me, feeling trapped. Mm. Um, so I think, you know, found footage plus trapped um, plus all the freaks <laughs> down there. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm giving this an eight. Yeah, it, I feel like for me, the historical fun adventure mm-hmm. part made it less scary. But mm-hmm. I think it, it it's hard because, like, that wasn't scary. It was more just fun and, like, entertaining. Totally. But then the actual tunnel stuff in the actual catacombs really did fuck me up. I'm going to yeah. go with a six. So I okay, would say, well. you know, not, not the scariest film I've ever seen, but certainly inventive. And the actual, again, shimming through so many tunnels, so many crevasses— yeah. Genuinely horrifying. If you're someone with claustrophobia, I, I just listen to this episode, which you've already done. Yeah. So congratulations, you did it. Yeah, you did it. Yeah. Well, we there we have it. Well, there we and have again, it. And again, I really makes you value not being trapped in the catacombs, which we're not. Yes. And again, yet. to then think back on the production note, the fact that it was like shot, so much of it was shot in the actual catacombs is is truly horrific. Incredible. And I think, to me, really proves that ghosts aren't real. Because you could shoot a whole, whole film in the catacombs and nobody's getting bothered. Right. Nobody, and there's six million people. There's no spooky think, stories. Yeah. Yeah, like, there's at least got to be a handful of ghosts in there. Mm-hmm. But, you know, maybe there's yeah. something for, for, you know, if we ever have the filmmakers on to ask them, okay, what was yes. it actually filled Haunted. with ghosts? Right. That'd be fun, too. Well, guys, um, 
we hope you had a good time. And if you're yes. trapped in a catacomb, we hope this helped distract you from your Best of luck. horrifying, harrowing fate. I hope you're minimizing your well experience. But <laughs> do what you need to do. And until you escape, and uh, next week, please, please keep, keep it spooky. It Man, I wish I knew how to say that in French. <laughs> Ruined is a Radio Point production with executive producers Alex Bach, Sabrina Fonfetter, and Houston Snyder. Recorded and edited by Kat Iosa. Emmy Award-winning John Mulaney presents Everybody's in L.A., a special run of six live episodes created by and starring Mulaney that'll stream live on Netflix during the Netflix is a Joke Fest. The comically unconventional show will feature special guests where John Mulaney explores the city of Los Angeles during a week when every funny person is in it. Watch John Mulaney Presents Everybody's in L.A., debuting May 3rd live at 7 p.m. Pacific Time, only on Netflix.